Well, good morning, everyone. I uh, bring you greetings from Michigan, where it is not quite as warm and not quite as humid, but the mosquitoes are uh, more aggressive. So everything's got its trade-offs. My wife, Sarah, was not able to join me uh, this time around, but she uh, sends her greetings. Uh, she wanted me to, to make sure to say hello to you. Um, it can be, in my experience, hard to discover God's will. Uh, for the last three, four years, I have been asking God to reveal himself to me about what the next steps of my life are. Um, things about jobs and things about living and things about taking care of my parents and, and um, things having to do with my mother's passing and, and now making sure that my father's okay and just asking God, what, what's next? Please reveal that to me. And, and sometimes I, I find that, that those revelations are slow in coming. Um, sometimes I, I find that, that I, I'm asking God for his will and for some clarity and for his guidance. And, and, and sometimes he seems, um, sometimes he seems a, a little silent or a little slow in answering sometimes. Has that ever been your experience? Maybe it is right now. Uh, maybe you are in a moment of transition in your life. You're about to move and you're asking for God's guidance about where and when and, and what house and, and how we're going to afford it. And, and maybe, maybe you're in a moment where you're looking at your future. Maybe you're in high school and trying to decide where to go to college and what to study and and trying to decide at like 14, 15, 16 what the rest of your life is going to be. And you're asking, God, what's your will for like the next 60 years? You'll ask that question a lot over the next 60 years, by the way. <laughs> or, or maybe you are now an empty nester. Your kids have left. They are in college or they, they're off living life. And, and you're asking God, what's next for us here now? Do we, do we keep the house? Do we sell the house? Do we, how do we rearrange our lives now that they aren't centered around raising children? Or, or maybe you're asking God questions about, should I marry? Should I be single? Should we become parents? Should we not become parents? Should we adopt? Should we foster? Where should we work? How, how, when should I retire? Do I, God, what's, What's next? You're asking those questions and you're saying, God, I'm looking for your will. Please reveal your will to me. And sometimes it seems like God is silent on that topic. Does that sound familiar at all? Yeah. That has been my experience and, and I was willing to bet that it has been yours as well. When we ask God, like, God, reveal yourself to me. God, we, we want to know what's next. God, please give me your will. I, I think what we're asking God to do is to do that miraculously a lot of times. Because we've seen that in the Bible, right? Like, God speaks out of the clouds, Noah, I want you to build a boat, and here are the blueprints. Sweet God, can you do that to me? Not a boat, but something, you know. Moses, hey, here's a burning bush. Go bring my people out of Egypt. There's going to be plagues. It'll be fun. <laughs> David, you're not going to build my temple, but your son is here. Get all of these supplies. 
the prophets go to Israel, go to Judah, and say, I'm going to give you the exact right words to say, here is my will for the people. Jonah, go to Nineveh. I'm sending you unique transportation. <laughs> Peter and Paul get visions and dreams in which God says, here is my will. Go here. Talk to this person. Do this thing. And we're like, Reading the Bible going, great, that's how what God's going to do for us. I mean, I mean, King Belshazzar in the Old Testament literally gets writing on the wall. We're like, awesome, we want it too. That happened one time, and it wasn't a good situation, by the way. Don't ask for that. <laughs> Sometimes I think the Bible sets us up a little bit because the Bible gives us a lot of the exceptional stories, the miraculous stories. It doesn't always tell us about the humdrum day-to-day -day stories. And, and that's where most of us live most of our lives, is in the day-to-day. -day. So, how do we discern God's will for our lives in the day-to-day? -day? How, how do we make good choices that honor God in the day-in and the day-out? Because we're asking God to reveal his will, and very often he is slow to do that, or it feels like he is silent on the topic. And that can be really frustrating when you're asking God, God, I want to do your will. Reveal your will and I'll do it. And it's just not coming. And that can be so frustrating. The thing is, God really does want to give us his will. And honestly, he's not hiding it from us. Even though it feels sometimes like that might be the case. There are two things that I think that we have to keep in mind, that we have to um, hold really close and really dear to us about the will of God as we go through our lives. And um, I don't know that these two things will make anything better in the short term. I, I'm sorry for that. I wish I had magic formulas for you, and I just don't. Um, uh, what I have is the things that I've learned and the things that the Bible has said, and so let me share them with you, and, and hopefully they will be a help to all of us. As we go about being a people who are trying to discern the will of God, who are saying, God, show me your will, and I'll do it, the first thing that we really need to bear in mind is that God already has revealed his will. God already has revealed his will. God's will is not secretive. There's a, a movie that came out about 10 years ago or so starring Jim Carrey called Bruce Almighty. Um, has anybody seen Bruce Almighty? You know that? For those of you who have not seen Bruce Almighty, it is, um, it, it's a comedy film. Um, Jim Carrey plays kind of an everyman who is uh, kind of down on his luck a little bit and, and ends up with the, the powers and responsibility of God for a week or so. But in the opening scenes of the movie, he is really down on his luck. He's gone out for a drive. He's, he's driving down the road, and he's praying fervently to God. And, and he's saying, God, give me a sign. God, give me a sign. And at that moment, a construction vehicle pulls out of the road in front of him, just filled to capacity with road signs. That are like, turn back, wrong way, do not enter. He's like, ah, oh, look at this joker, and like whips his car around the truck and ends up crashing his car. 
we're asking for signs, and sometimes I think God has given them to us and we don't recognize it when they show up. Sometimes I think that we are, are Bruce in that situation. God has revealed his will to us. His will is littered all over Scripture. You cannot open up your Bible without tripping over God's will. Literally, in, in every chapter, every page throughout the Scriptures, in every book of both the Hebrew Bible and the New Testament, there is God's will just there, right for the picking. Places like 1 Peter chapter 2 where it says, this is God's will that you live such good lives that you quiet the foolish talk of other people. Or places like 1 Thessalonians where it says things like, pray without ceasing. This is God's will for you. Or, or, or you know, there's a whole list of things in, in like Exodus chapter 20. Like, have no other gods before me and honor the Sabbath and keep it holy and do not lie and do not kill, those kinds of things. Or, or even in places like Proverbs chapter 29 where it tells us to care for the poor. Honestly, that one gets repeated a lot. Every book of the Bible has that one in it. God's will is revealed to us again and again and again and again and again. And I think that nowhere is this more clear for me in my walk with God than it is in the Old Testament prophet Micah. In, in a single verse of Micah chapter 6, this beautiful verse, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. What does the Lord require of you? What is God's will? To act justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly. To, to act justly, to, to care for those who cannot care for themselves. To be people so filled with compassion that we cannot help but bring justice into the world. And, and justice, the biblical concept of justice, is not, is not the, the, the punishment of wrong, but it's the, it's the uplifting of those who have been oppressed and abused. It's caring for the marginalized. It's caring for the forgotten. It's caring for those whom our society does not care for. What is God's will? That we would act with justice. That we would care for people around us in our school and in our classes and in our job and in our neighborhood and, and in our city. What is God's will to love mercy? To, to learn to be a, a patient and kind and forgiving people. To look not just upon those who are oppressed with compassion, but, but honestly, to look upon those who are the oppressors with compassion too, which is, is often infinitely harder. And to be merciful toward those who don't know any better, like Jesus crying out from the cross, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's an act of mercy. What's the will of God for us? To, to love mercy. 
to be so convinced of the place of mercy in our lives, to fall so in love with forgiveness that it just pours off of us into the world, into a world that is hell-bent on holding grudges. We can become a merciful people. What is the will of God for us to walk humbly with our God? In other words, to say to God, you know what, God, your way instead of my way. I commit myself to that. Your will instead of my will. God, I commit myself to that. To say, I know it's going to be hard and I know it's going to be difficult, but I'm still going to walk your way. I'm going to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, wherever he leads, to, to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Or if we ask Jesus to paraphrase that, he might say to love your neighbor and to love your enemy and to love the Lord your God. What's God's will? It's revealed to us. It's not secret. The problem is that we're obsessed with, with God's very particular will for our very particular lives and our very particular situations. We, we want God to answer the minutiae questions of our life that seem so big to us. Meanwhile, God is giving us his will that really is the big important picture and asking us to be these people who do this will. God's will is there. And so maybe our question shouldn't be so much, God, what is your will? And maybe it should be more, God, teach me to do your will. But not only is God's will already revealed to us, there is a second component in, in understanding God's will. And it may not sound right at first, but I swear it's part of it. And it's just this, that very often God seems more concerned with who we are than with what we do. God seems far more concerned with who we are than with what we do. Don't get me wrong, God has asked us to do things. We are God's workmanship created in Christ to do good works. God has things for us to do. But he is more concerned with who we are, or at least he is just as concerned about who we are as people as he is about what we do in our daily lives. God is asking us to be very particular and very peculiar kinds of people. We're called to be Christians, that is, we're called to be little Christs, pictures of Jesus in our world, wherever we happen to find ourselves with our, our friends, with our family, with our co-workers, with strangers. And so it's important for us as we seek to know what God's will is for our lives to understand that God also wants us not just to do something, but to be something. This is also all over the scriptures, but instead of just jumping around here and there, I just want to share with you a couple of verses out of the book of Ephesians. Ephesians is one of my favorite books of the Bible, and there's just all of this really great advice about what kind of people to be. So Ephesians chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, for example, say, With all humility and all gentleness, 
with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain unity through the Spirit by the bond of peace. We're called to be a people of unity and a people of peace. Or at the end of that chapter, verses 31 and 32, he says, put away from yourselves all bitterness and all wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice and be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. We're to be kind. We're not just to do kind things. We're to learn to embody that, to embody kindness. Or, or even the next verse, which is really in chapter 5, but it's the same thought, continues for Paul. He says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. Or I like how it's put on the screen behind me, be imitators of God. And walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice for sin. We are to be a people who love even to the point of sacrificial loving. It's not just that God has called us to do things, he's called us to be someone, which was often one of my mother's favorite insults to people. Uh, whenever she thought that they weren't behaving very well, she would look at them and go, why don't you just be someone? I never understood what she meant by that. Maybe it's this. Uh, probably not. <laughs> but God's calling to us, be someone, be the person that I have created you to be. Be a person that is, that's filled with unity, that's filled with kindness, that's filled with forgiveness, that's filled with love, that's filled with, with the sacrificial love for people around you. Become an imitator of God as his dearly loved child. See yourself as God's child. Loved by him so much that he gave Jesus to welcome you into his family as his adopted heir. Are we imitating in our search for God's will? Are we imitating God? Are, are we being kind? Are we being loving? Are we being forgiving? Or are we just kind of, of asking the magic eight ball in the sky for direction? Sometimes I think that, that God, God has a will for us. But that will will be discovered as we become who he has created us to be. Does God care about the, the very particular things of our life? Buy the house, sell the house, go to this school, go to that school, move here, move there, retire now, retire then. Mary, stay single. Does God care about those things? Yes, I think that he does. Because we care about them and he cares about us. But God has also given us a marvelous gift of free will and he has left a lot of those choices up to you and me. It, it would be really easy, I think, and, and really helpful sometimes if God had just given us a map and say, hey, here's the rest of your life. Just do these things. Sweet. Thanks, God. On it. Although, honestly, I'm not sure how many of those things I would end up doing. I'd be like, thanks for the list, and stick it in the drawer, right? I think that God, in his great grace, has given us a lot of free will to choose for ourselves. The key is making the right choice. And in order to do that, 
these are the two things we have to hold near. That God has already revealed his will and that he deeply cares about who we will be, not just what we will do. What's amazing is that when we are the person God calls us to be, or, or when we are trying to be the person God has called us to be, and, and when we are engaged actively in living out his revealed will, what, what's amazing is that when we do those two things, we begin to see God's will for our life a little more clearly. There's this marvelous verse in the book of Romans, in Romans 12, uh, 1 and 2, that says this. Paul writes, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is true and proper worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you will be able to test and approve what? God's will. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's amazing. That's amazing to me, that when we pour ourselves into doing the will of God and becoming the child of God, God's will begins to be revealed to us. We begin to see it more and more and more clearly. As you live as God's person in the world, more and more God's will for your life begins to come into focus. Is it easy? No. Is it a guarantee that all of your questions will be answered? No, I will not make that guarantee. Has it been my experience that when I'm active in doing God's will and when I'm active in trying to be who God's created me to be, the choices before me become clearer? Absolutely, that's been my experience. And I wanted to leave you with that encouragement to consider what part of God's will you already know, but haven't yet fully engaged in. Maybe instead of asking, God, what's your will for this, or what's your will for this, God's already said, here's my will. Pick it up and put it into action. Would you consider doing that this week? God, you've already revealed to me your will in Scripture. Help me to put your will into action. Or to consider how you might more fully become God's child to be an imitator of Christ, to be filled with the Spirit, to be a person of peace, to be a person of unity, to be a person of forgiveness, to be a person of kindness. To ask God, God, how can I be more who you've created me to be? Lead me in that path. Believing that as you walk in that path, God's will becomes more clear. We want to know God's will. My experience tells me that often people want to know God's will really in a moment of crisis. That's when we really start asking God. God, I'm up against the wall, God, what do I do? Well, maybe instead of waiting for the crisis to come, before we ask for God's will, maybe, maybe I just wonder, wonder with me for a second. 
what it might be like to be a people who are already in motion doing God's will and who are already in motion becoming God's children. When those crisis moments come, I wonder, I wonder, wouldn't we have a clearer picture already of God's will? Wouldn't we have a clearer path forward? And wouldn't we be ready then to actually do whatever it is that God calls us to do in that moment. Would you pray with me? Father, I am thankful for you and for your Son and for your Spirit. Father, I'm thankful that you have revealed your will to us in ways both big and small. Father, as we ask you what your will is, help us to remember that you have given it to us. Father, I'm thankful that you've called us to be your children and that you've invited us to imitate you by becoming more like your son Jesus and by being filled with your spirit. So, Father, as we ask you to reveal your will to us, help us to remember that you're calling us to become someone who will be ready to receive that will. Father, I, I thank you I thank you for the moments of not knowing where I have to learn this lesson all over again. And I thank you for the moments where you lay your will before us when we're ready to choose it. Because we've made ourselves ready by being a people who do your will and by being a people who are your children. Father, thank you again for loving us for being our God. In the name of Jesus, we all pray. Amen.